peace, my people. You're tuning in to I Must Be Bugging, where black, gifted, and otherwise neurodivergent folks celebrate our special flavors. If you've ever questioned your perspective in a world built for the masses, welcome home. I'm your host, Sheldon Gay, and I appreciate you joining me on this journey as a late-identified black, gifted man. Together, we'll rewrite the script on neurodiversity by celebrating our differences, challenging the status quo, and breaking free from old narratives that label us as deficient. In each episode, we'll explore the stories, experiences, and of course, the curiosities of black gifted adults and other neurodivergent people who are underrepresented or unidentified in a world where normal can also mean harmful. So continue with me on this journey of self-discovery, empowerment, and acceptance. I Must Be Bugging is creating safe spaces, sparking conversations, and making sure our voices are heard. All right. Welcome to another episode of I Must Be Bugging. This is your host, Sheldon Gay. I am so, so excited, as always, to join uh, with you all and certainly to have a very special guest with us today. Um, as a bit of a, a you know a, a reminder, again, my name is Sheldon Gay. My pronouns are he and him. I am a 41, almost 42-year-old Black man. I uh, have, you know, kind of black curly hair, a little bit of a, a goatee tuft and a mustache. Um, I'm sitting here with my headphones, my over-ear headphones, and just a long sleeve shirt. Um, and so again, today we have a very special guest, uh, someone that I, I've enjoyed speaking with every time that I've had an opportunity, um, Dr. Dave Hester. And uh, I'm going to share his his bio, which is pretty funny in a couple seconds. Um, but as you know, right, this is a place for community. This is a place for us to learn and just, like I said, vibe. Um, and so today I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because I, I was asking him for a bio and, you know, people typically give these, you know, detailed, elaborate, especially those, you know, accomplished a couple of things. And, um, you know, you can kind of dig into those real deep and, and let me just share with you what, what, what my brother shared with me, which, like I said, just has me so uh, tickled and, and so excited to, like I said, get into a conversation. So <laughs> Dr. Dave Hester is an irrational human being learning to be rational. He joined Life Guides as an executive because their missions to positively, because their missions to positively impact 1 billion people in the next 15 years matched his. He's just a dude and we are complete. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, so welcome to the, to the podcast. Uh, uh, and again, I, I don't know if I should call you Dave, Dr. Dr. Hester, how do you want to be partying? Refer- We're partying yeah. right now. It's just, this is, yeah. this is chill, chill time. So it's Dave okay. all day. Okay. Okay. That Dave, thank you. And welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that description. I don't think I've ever heard anything like that before as far as a description. <laughs> so I'm going to do my description too. Um, and fantastic job in the bio like this is my my brand new favorite bio i want to put it on all my all my uh you know sites and other other media pieces uh but like sheldon i am a 40 something i have to do the math i'm 41 yeah (laughs) all right i i am 40 uh 41 year old black man um i am currently wearing a gold knitted cap 
over my locks, which grows in a very unique way. You'd have to see a picture of me to, to really get it. Uh, it kind of grows to the, like a, like a, uh, actually like a Dragon Ball Z scouter. It's kind of on the side of my, <laughs> side of my, my, my face. I've got this kind of, um, mangled and dangly beard with mixed in silver lines in it which my daughter says sometimes makes me look unapproachable like i know too much like i just have a whole bunch <laughs> of wisdom which i don't and i'm glad that she points that that out to me so i can you know kind of face my own internal bias if i do have that also wearing a pair of uh, true dark screen protector kind of glasses because I, I like everybody else if anybody's listening you're probably looking at a screen uh so mm -hmm. take care of your eyes and i do it on purpose because it helps me sleep and i'm wearing um you know some one of my my friend made made a shirt called easy you know just always be easy so shout out to easy and yeah love that description yeah, yeah. that's that's amazing. Thank you. Um, again, for those who cannot tell, I'm smiling big because I'm just so excited to have this conversation. But let's just kind of start uh, at the beginning, as it were. Um, why don't you tell us you know, some more about yourself, your work, and whether or not you identify as neurodivergent? Absolutely. So my work uh, has been with I mean, a range of people, including children and adults with autism, uh, with neurocognitive diseases. Uh, also, people who are experiencing neuro, uh, neurological delays and learning delays, and my my work has really just been around healing and supporting people in a world that's not necessarily built for them. So <laughs> let's just call it what it is. I grew up in a world that wasn't necessarily built for me in some ways. Uh, mm -hmm. Although I do have privilege, we can talk about that another another time. But I yeah. I did uh, I came up. I was military kid i don't use the term brat because my mom called me that she's right so I'm a, i was a military kid and i uh i i moved around a lot and you know my my family was the first to really acknowledge that things were a challenge for me in school um, mm. like i said mm. the system wasn't designed for me i grew up neurodivergent uh dyscalculated meaning uh, i see you, you see nines i see sixes and mm. that really sucks if you're trying to get a high score on an SAT, you know, so that you can go yeah. on and do, do your dream. And mm -hmm. I also have um, severe dyslexia, which can get kind of quirky, which is, I guess, kind of filters into a little bit of my personality. Um, and I spent a majority of my, you know, uh, early education actually working on a way to get out of special education, which... Mm. Quick story on that, and I love telling the story because it's fun and it's true. I was in high school and, you know, in my special education class is continuing after I transitioned from middle school or secondary school or yeah, primary school. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting, getting, getting my uh, UK and, you know, British right. terminology right. <laughs> mixed up. Right. Um, but when I noticed that everybody was switching classes, you know, and I wasn't, I was, a little, mm. I was a little ticked off at that. I was like, I mm -hmm. want to switch classes. Mm -hmm. You know, I want <laughs> right. to have that high school experience. I've seen TV and movies. And so I went to my parents and I said, hey, I, I want to you know, take myself out of, off of this track and go into gin pop. You know, while we kind of use similar terminology for prisons as we do for school. So anyway, right. 
Right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I want to go into gym pop. And my, my parents were like, hey, if you want to do it, we got you. We'll get you mm-hmm. the tools. We'll get you counseling. We'll get you glasses because I, I had um, visual impairment on top mm. of a speech impediment. So it was a lot mm. of things. And yeah, they a lot were just of fun like, going on. A lot of fun. And and <laughs> not, nothing ever stopped me because my parents said, just go do it. And mm-hmm. so with that, I graduated, you know, took some honors classes, worked my way into to get into college. Um, and so that's a little bit about my work, a little bit about myself and how I do identify as mm-hmm. uh, neurodivergent. But I, I love what you're doing with this community and reframing it as gifted because mm-hmm. I have no doubt that my upbringing, my experience contributed to my gift mm-hmm. and that being uh, creativity. And uh, just my meditation research, my mm-hmm. connections to um, contemplative practices and you know, bringing them to a larger audience, it all plays a role. Yeah, no, um, I love that. It's, and, and thank you for sharing that. I, I, you know, I don't think we had talked about, <clears throat> excuse me, um, like the dyscalculia or, or the dyslexia before, um, you know, maybe not explicitly, but I just know again, how all these pieces come together. Um, and at least what I'll say, it was interesting to me is understanding or knowing these things early because, and, and knowing these things, things early and having people who support you through that journey, not everybody's experience is that way. Um, and I think that that can have, or I know, or I believe, let me say it that way. Let me be, let me be fair. I believe right? That that has a major, major impact on what folks can end up, you know, doing later and not necessarily feeling um, all of the trauma. Not that there's not necessarily any trauma, because as you said, like we go out to this world that's not built for us, right? And so there are some challenges around that, but there's a lot of trauma that I know people are talking about that is simply like in their home. Right, like, what did I feel like in my own, um, amongst my family, those that I cared about most? Um, how did I perceive? How how did they help me see myself? Um, you know, in those ways. And so, hearing you talk a little bit about, you know, uh, <laughs> it is funny to say, you know, Gen Pop, like, like, you know, being, you know, removed from that particular special special ed class. And not having somebody say, well, you sure about that? You know, did you, you, you want to hold off, right? Like, no, like, okay, let's get you the tools. Let's get you what you need. We figured out together, right? Like that to me is, is super special. And I do think that, um, you know, for me, there are aspects of neurodivergence that are certainly gifts like i think we all have those times where we're kind of like it doesn't feel as much of a gift right it's like what was inside mm-hmm. this package right but at the same time i think that you know the beauty of it all when we can kind of do some healing and do some you know work around it we can see those those things where it's like oh this lets me see the world in a way that other people can't this lets me do things this gives me compassion or empathy around things that other people really struggle with right and so um yeah man I, like I said thank you thank you so much for 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 sharing that um sure. so tell me yes yeah, 
Um, tell me, were there any hurdles with you getting started kind of in the work that you're, you, you know, you were doing, I guess, like once you, how did you even get into, like, I guess that's kind of a question too. It's like, once you left schooling, like, how did you find your way uh, to where you are now? Uh, I, I had this discussion earlier with a potential partner and I'll, mm. you know, I'll tell you exactly what I told uh, them was I'm a combination of the people who came before me, meaning the people mm. who explored the, my, my ancestors, my parents, um, mm-hmm. my environment that I grew up in and my lifestyle that I live. So what that translates to and what people can directly connect to is let's say media, for example, I am a huge sci-fi fan everything from Mm -hmm. asimov all the way now you know to the writers of things like like black mirror and Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. i'm Mm -hmm. a fan of 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 cinema and how it kind of creates story even though i know Mm -hmm. story had you know we we can get into a different discussion about how we should all challenge our own internal story because Mm -hmm. we Mm -hmm. but that's a different story (laughs) there's that word again so (laughs) there's that word again so going back uh it all of that kind of helped to to fuel who who I am uh, as far as my connection to technology. I've always been fascinated. You know, my the first thing that I wanted to be was a mad scientist. Now, this is interesting <laughs> to stay on wax because people are going to be like, what the hell? But not like mad, like, oh, my God, he's going to hurt people. But I was interested in people like uh, the scientist and Mary Shelley's uh, Frankenstein. Mm. Uh, just why someone is driven to to create things. So mm-hmm, I was more mm-hmm. thinking about the why. Uh, and so yeah. with all of that, after schooling, uh, I, I kind of started to continue to look at what my 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 father kind of calls high weirdness. He called you know, sometimes <laughs> I'm the king of high weirdness. And he says, hey, you know, you're really into that science and spiritual stuff and, you know, what is now considered steam because I include art in there. Mm-hmm. Art's really important. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, go do that. My father was just like, go do that. Uh, at the time, I wasn't doing what I had originally planned. Life mm-hmm. takes turns. You know, I, my mm-hmm. original path was to law school and it was paid mm. with gold bars. And I mean, <laughs> and I mean, gold bars. Like I had, <laughs> I had connections. I had, you mm-hmm. know, uh, people signing off. I had it basically laid out for me, mm. uh, which again, that's that's me also talking about my privilege. This doesn't mean that I grew up, you know, in a uh, a wealthy family. I had people mm-hmm. who believed in me who created ways. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the the this this turn, I hit some hurdles. One mm-hmm. of them being, I started to really get into learning more about the brain. I was like, why do we why do we think the way we do? Why did why why was this story which was a story 50 years ago years ago now reality and i'm talking specifically about things like star trek i talk about the mm-hmm. phones we carry that was a story mm-hmm. by ray bradbury years ago that he thought of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then it's reality some somebody else took their took his idea in a good way brought it to fruition mm-hmm. how did they do that right so getting into the neurosciences i didn't have a computational background I didn't have the strong understandings of neural networks and uh, even just the biology of the human brain. I didn't Mm -hmm. have that because I didn't, I wasn't necessarily on that path. So there were hurdles there. Uh, Mm -hmm. But what helped me in those hurdles is 
just knowing it's cool to not know everything. Mm, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's it's cool mm-hmm. just to be like, you know what? I have no flipping idea what you're talking about when you mention the prefrontal cortex or you know these these random terms that are thrown out all the time. That's cool, but I'd yeah. like to learn. I want to learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I had those hurdles, um, then there's also the hurdles of, of licensure, you know, on, mm-hmm. on, the, on the therapy side and mm-hmm. uh, the hurdles of how do I, how do I push forward? Like, how do I, uh, how do I grow? How do I scale? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's always going to be hurdles and I just kind of look at them like I'm a runner, you know, it's like, I just got to get over it, but I'm going to the finish line. And even when I'm done at the finish line, it just starts a new race. Yeah. My gosh, um, I love again, love it. I, it's one of first of all, this is kind of banging a gong that's just in my life right now around, you know, I'll say self awareness. Okay, um, say more. One of the one of the uh, things that I'm early next year going to probably, um, or probably maybe by the time people hear this, it might already be early 2024, but. Um, Regardless, right, early 2024, my plan is to actually do a series talking about self-awareness because one of the things that, you know, you spoke to that I think is really like transformational in one's life is the awareness of that story, which a lot of us don't even, like, we don't even realize is there, right? We just know this is, this is my life. And then when like life is kind of trying to teach us a lesson or kind of reveal that story to us, we're very confused because again, mm-hmm. our framework is that story. But then when we have something that lets us see it and say, oh, wait, like I've been telling myself all these different things about how the world works, who I am in that world, and all these other different things, I can change that story and in the process change my life. Like even some of the the very things in front of me need not change. If I change, a lot of these, the, my relationship with them will change. And that Absolutely. is so, so powerful. And so I loved you talking about that. And one of the key things to that, excuse me, that you also spoke to is that curiosity, right? Is that, that willingness to say, I don't know, but you know what? Like, tell me more. Um, I was having a conversation or I was on Reddit today a little bit and it was interesting because I, I actually made a post. I was, I was on Reddit doing some other stuff, but I made a post. And one of the things I was just talking about was this phenomenon around, um, you know, minds quickly grasp, like minds that quickly grasp stuff and how sometimes that can seem kind of odd to people and people even going back to what you were talking about, right? Like talk, it was, it was about here, let me kind of, I'm, I'm kind of being a little bit maybe abstract about it, but basically my post was I'm about, following though. I'm following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I just want to make sure I'm clear for, for everybody is I had made Got a it. post. I was saying, you know, for, uh, you know, quote unquote gifted minds, right? Like there's this thing called skip thinking where, you know, a lot of us will be able to um, very quickly, you know, discern a, you know, what's happening with a concept or just some pattern or whatever it is. And it's not that we, you know, took 15 steps to get there. It's like we skipped from, you know, step one or two right to, to the end. And that phenomenon can throw people off. And, you know, sometimes 
two there's two things that come out of that one for other people it may look like you just jump to a conclusion right and and when mm-hmm. i say jump to a conclusion i mean like you're making a judgment as opposed to oh i know i i see all the the, the wires connecting right? right and that can be a challenge because you know yeah you very quickly say oh yeah, yeah blah, blah 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 this is what's going on and people are like well how could you possibly how? you couldn't possibly yeah. right right how could you possibly do that right and so you know finding peace around that and realize okay this is going to be a common phenomenon for me right i need to make again my story what's my story is right. my story that everybody you know is out to get me or is it that other people experience this differently and it may not be fun for me right for them to experience that differently but if i mm-hmm. recognize that now i don't have to have a certain type of reaction to their experience um but it was the other thing that came out of this discussion was was funny and going back to this curiosity was that there were a lot of people in the chat that were jumping to conclusions. They were, I was replying, <laughs> it's like I'm they're like, doing exactly what exactly, 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 <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm like, so you don't even know what this term is right here, and you've already written all this stuff. And I'm like, how do you, how are you doing that? <laughs> right? <laughs> so it's got to go but, back. And forth. How are you? Right, exactly. Come so exactly, exactly. So, um, but I just think that curiosity is so powerful, and it's one of the key. Um, the key ways in which you can recognize how self-aware or your at least your potential for being self-aware is how curious you are. When somebody shares something with you, are you kind of like, that's not me, or you know, I don't believe that, or whatever. Are you like, well, tell me, what do you mean by that? Right? Like that that thing is it opens up a door. You may not still end up agreeing with them or whatever, right? But like if you don't even have the curiosity you're likely blocking your blessing as they say right and so oh um, you're not just blocking so, your i mean uh, i don't want to stop you and say you're not just blocking, no 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 no. you're blocking your blessing and you're also uh disconnecting yourself this is going to sound kind of esoteric woo woo follow me for a minute people no, no, go ahead, you're, go ahead. Discon- you're disconnecting yourself from source meaning the source mm. of, of whatever you want to call it you know what i mean like you're mm-hmm, disconnecting mm-hmm. Your, and Mm-hmm. I find it when I when I discovered that it's great for me in disagreements. It's great for mm-hmm. me when I am agreeing with someone to ask mm-hmm. them. Uh, they say, "Hey, I think you know your thing's not going to work, or your idea is not going to work." Well, tell me why. Why yes. do you believe that? And mm-hmm. it, you know, and then I'm also I've given up on wanting and almost holding on to. Uh, being in charge of somebody else's emotions or how somebody else processes it. Like if someone mm. else says, I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't like what you do. Tell me more. And they tell me, well, thanks for sharing. I appreciate that. But then mm-hmm. I'm not going to beat myself. Up like I've got to turn this one person and I've got to mm-hmm. let, make them know. Like I haven't been in a Twitter spat in, <laughs> in, in so long that I'm not even on the platform. That's that, how long. That, that. <laughs> because that's, that's how long I just don't do it because it, it, it you need long form conversation and we need more time to be curious about others because we yeah. don't know we don't know everything. I, I, I love that too because I I'll say, um, you know, one of the things I did notice is that, you know, uh and I'll be honest, I'm not a hundred percent there. Um, you know, part of that is because I'm, you know, as a late identified um, you know, gifted black man, it meant that I've got 41 years of a story that was missing insight, like mm-hmm. critical insight into what was going on. 
And so I'm unlearning a lot of that stuff. But even before this sort of realization earlier this year, I know that I, you know, a couple of years ago, I realized, Sheldon, you're, you know, going back and forth with people on Facebook and Twitter or whatever. And why? Like, how is this, is this really serving you? Like, sure, mm-hmm. maybe you've, whatever, proven your point. Okay. But like, how are you feeling? Right? Like, again, how is that helping you connect to the source? Like, how how is that helping you? And if it's not, let it go. And I re- there's been plenty of times where somebody has said something and I've just looked at my phone or I'm like, whatever, on my computer. And I'm like, two, three years ago, you know, we've been work. at it. No, exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Right, right. Yeah, yeah you got this work, right? But now I'm like, okay. And I put the phone back down or I move on to something else, right? And um, yeah, man, I mean, I just think like, I, I loved the fact that you like, as you talk about, you know, how it blocks you from the source. Cause for me, I'm, I'm vibing, I'm on the same wavelength, right? I, I think that ultimately that's how a lot of stuff should be judged is how, how well does it connect us to that source? Because that's really what we're in my mind. That's what all this, you know, I call it the simulation, right? I, this is what the, the simulation is about. Is about how do I, you know, find my connection and maintain and strengthen my connection there, um, and not turn myself away or cut myself off, and um, that takes a lot of work and it's a lot of painful work, um, you know. But it's it's worth it. Uh, at least I'm telling myself that, right? So, right. I mean, yeah, but, that helps a little bit. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. But I, I just, like I said, I love, I love, like I said, that 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 reference um to like i said getting back to the source because it is so so important that um we recognize that that's sort of the underlying goal i guess is the way of saying it um i don't want I, if you had something else uh i do, I do real quick on, okay go ahead go, well, ahead, go ahead go ahead what specifically about tapping into the source because if i were me yes. 15 years ago listening to this yes. now i would say what the yes. hell are you talking about with source Go, you go, know, go. Okay. Uh, and inshallah, you know, you, you want things to work. Yes, <laughs> you, yeah. You know, yeah. you, 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 want, you want things to work. You want to be connected to whatever. And this may be your spiritual tradition. And, you know, I, I just mm-hmm. invoked a little bit of, um, I, I have an a interesting spiritual history. Um, okay. I've been called everything as a you know, spiritual hag. You know, uh, <laughs> there's another word that they use, but we'll use hack. Right, kids right, may right. be listening. Right, but right. Um, because I I studied everything from, and not just studied, like I dove deep into, you know, Sufi. I, my family uh, is intertwined with, you know, Catholicism and mm. uh, the teachings of Islam, but then also uh, Jewish principles. It's, it's very fun. Mm. It's fun to, to have <laughs> so many intertwining things in a family. Um, mm-hmm. even all, all the way, and I'm going to be naming a lot of religions or whatever, um, yeah. German Lutheran. And then the people who I'm connecting with when I'm traveling, learning mm-hmm. about Hinduism and, 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 and the Sikh people. And mm-hmm. that those are people who believe you may be agnostic and talk about mm-hmm. whoever is maybe listening. You may not, you may be completely, uh, antagonistic towards organized religion, which is okay. That's mm-hmm. okay too. You mm-hmm. still have a belief system, and there is still a source, a collective. And the science proves it. There's a collective unconscious. That's why they are working on metadata 
to understand mm-hmm. human behavior because there is a source that we are all connecting to. And this mm-hmm. simulation, you mentioned simulation, and <laughs> I'm going to touch a little bit on it because uh, yes. Robert Sapolsky at uh, Stanford, is he recently dropped a book talking about free will. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of his arguments, I not necessarily agree with some of them. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're plausible based on the uh, biological sciences. One of the interesting things I pulled from the book was that when we're talking about source, we're talking about connecting with that higher self or that mm-hmm. that 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 thing that that connects us to each other. And mm-hmm. typically, when we're arguing these small, minute, minuscule other M words that mean small, <laughs> yeah, right, we are right. just all we're doing is cutting. The, you know we're we're cutting atoms that's what we're doing we're, we're cutting mm-hmm. atoms because we are a greater set together i always i talk to my son about this my son's also gifted and i say hey son you know nine years ago all most of your cells regenerated or you know the and or changed you're a different person but you're mm-hmm. a collection you're a collection of viruses you're a collection mm-hmm. of bacteria if mm-hmm. someone were to try to clone you right now, they may think the you is actually, you know, a, mm. a mixture of hundreds, hundreds of thousands of different viruses and bacteria. So maybe mm-hmm. they may be like, oh, this guy's a, a bacteria. It's like, no, it's, yeah. it's because we're all connected. And so when you connect yeah. with source, that's why meditation is so cool, because you're mm-hmm. breathing with your body. You're acknowledging your body. I do this fun mm-hmm. thing in meditation, and I kind of joke like, I'm a god. Follow me, people. This is not yeah, slanderous right, right. Or, or all that right, stuff. But sacrilegious, right? <laughs> sacrilegious or nothing like that. But you have a body with trillions of cells. I mean, you have tr- like trillions of just um, talking about neurons, and you have mm-hmm. that's just that's just in your brain. There's also mm-hmm. neurons in in your in your uh, your guts. So I get gut feelings. Mm-hmm. All of those mm-hmm. the neurons are basically cells. So I imagine mm-hmm. sometimes that I'm talking to them, and I'm like, "Hey, cells, mm-hmm. you know, thanks for." Thanks for replicating properly. For those of you who are trying to stay too long, talking about cancer, please exit. Yeah, please right, go ahead right. and leave. <laughs> but right. thank you for <laughs> but thank you for being here. Thank you for collecting and and communicating with me. And that's what I mean by by, by source. There's so many meanings. So, anyways, I wanted to add that there's so many meanings of source. Yeah. No. Uh, we could we could have a whole podcast episode about yeah. that. Um, but thank you so much for sharing that. Um, you know, again, I 100. percent agree with you um and i mean again i'm not trying to kind of like get uh, one i'm not i'm not trying to necessarily stay on this point or necessarily even get into the series that i'm i'm you know planning but you know one of the pieces that you just mentioned that came to mind was just understanding metacognition and understanding mm-hmm. that there's it's not just this like sort of base level of conscious thought there's there's so much more going on with us that you know we're not aware of necessarily readily but when you sit down and you, you you do become more aware of that through meditation through you know whatever method you choose prayer whatever it is right you see like you said that higher power and i mean that in both ways i mean that you know if you believe in you know some sort of deity level um, but I also mean it from a perspective of, I thought I had X level of power, but mm-hmm. there's this higher, you know, X plus whatever, right, level of power that that is within me. And so, um, 
yeah, no, this is again, I already knew from the jump that this was going to be uh an amazing, amazing uh conversation. And um yeah, let me I know we're we're kind of like just vibing on on um life stuff, but I do want to because I I really um I mean, you talk about it, you bother to mention it too, right in your like intro. I do want to talk a little bit about your work at Life Guides. And so can you tell us a little bit more about that and like how it even might be relevant to, you know, neurodivergent people in the workplace? Absolutely. So Life Guides is a peer-to-peer learning platform. You know, one of my things I talked about early on is I like to learn. And so that mm-hmm. led me to join uh, an, an organization that is uh, built specifically for that. You know, it started out first as a service for people who were caregivers of, mm. of um, elderly with Alzheimer's. So it was a way for mm. you to connect with someone and say, hey, what worked for you? What didn't work for you? What was your experience? How did you do self-care? And mm-hmm. Life Guides is you know, connected to organizations around the country who are purposefully providing this as a service to their employees because they care. And you know, let's call it what it is. They also want to get a good ROI. Mm-hmm. And their ROI isn't always monetary. Sometimes mm-hmm. the ROI is if my employees are not only happier, but they're more productive and they are taken care of as far as their their basic needs and their psychological needs and mental fitness needs, mm-hmm. they can innovate more. They can create mm-hmm. more. They mm-hmm. can, you know, take take our business and then maybe even create their own business to take it to the next level. So mm-hmm. uh yeah, I started uh, with, with Life Guides after being a part of the largest uh, Black-owned therapy organization in um, Seattle called Good Intentions Counseling. And wonderful mm. CEO there, Phil Carr, who uh, kind of helped me on my on my clinical journey. And when I was coming from Good Intentions, I was like, man, how do we scale compassion? How do we scale empathy? Yes, how, how do we scale knowledge? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I was doing actually a, a DEI keynote at, at, at a conference, and the CEO, uh, or excuse me, the founder, the founder uh, of Life Guides, Mark, was like, Hey, uh, you seem like you're pretty cool doing some cool things. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, I think so. Right. And yeah. we had a chat and we talked about how can we help, how can we scale and, and help as many people as possible? And I knew from what I was doing, I mean, I was making an impact, a couple thousand here or there. Um, of course, direct counseling is one-on-one. So there's only just mm-hmm. a finite amount of people you can serve. Absolutely. And I've always worked with neurodivergent people in different pla- in uh, different places in their life, and mm-hmm. as well as in the workplace. Like uh, at Good Intentions, for example, that organization does this wonderful thing where they they will go with clients to their job to help them acclimate, you know, and hmm. and help them that's create true. a higher level of of, of, uh, of living. And mm-hmm. that's such a wonderful thing that I didn't I wasn't even aware of twenty years ago. Yeah. So what it, where Life Guides helps uh, specifically with neurodivergent people is if you are a parent of a neurodivergent child. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to take the NG out and say of a gifted child, you know, mm-hmm. if you are uh, a parent and you want to help someone, you want to connect with someone who's been through what you've been through, who understands what you are experiencing. And mm-hmm. for organizations, that's huge because one of their biggest challenges is 
let's say I'm the I'm uh, you're my manager and I come to you and I say, hey, my son has, you know, he's got autism and, and, and a few other funny A words and I need help. I need help to not, you know, not get triggered when he's non-responsive because mm-hmm. he needs functional communication. And if you, my manager, are like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, right, right. Where am I going to go? I mean, there are other communities, but where Life Guides helps is I would connect directly with someone who's been through that lived experience. Mm-hmm. And then they, mm-hmm. they they have a conversation and it's so much more accessible than therapy, mm-hmm. uh, but it's more qualified than just talking to a friend. Yeah. Because we have we have strict um, vetting practices. Um, they're HIPAA, uh, HIPAA trained. Uh, they're trained in not only nonviolent communication, but how to de-escalate conflict. And mm. so this helps in workplaces because people leaders. And I had to say that slowly because when I say it fast, when I start to get it into my, you know, nor'eastern fast talk, people are like, "Did you say people eater?" And I said, "No, I didn't say one eye, one horn, flying purple people eater." Yes, I'm forty people. Uh, I said people leaders. They need that because they are. Individuals rarely leave organizations because the organization just sucks. Most of the time, mm-hmm. they're, they're leaving because their manager, their leader—I hate to use this term—their their boss mm-hmm. doesn't does it isn't there for them as a full human being. You mm-hmm. know, we, we want mm-hmm. everybody to leave everything at the door and come in and do your work. Uh, there's a interesting show about that entire premise called Severance on Apple TV, where you split your mm. conscience. I, I just watched it. Like, mind you, it's yeah. been out for years, I believe. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, and, and I was like, or maybe two years, I don't know. But I was like, I'm not watching it. Blah, blah. And then someone said, well, but here's the thing. They split They split consciousness. So one of your consciousness is at work, and the other one lives its life. Hmm. And I was like, that's a funny concept. That's an interesting yeah. concept. Because that's what some organizations want. Yeah, and absolutely. And it just doesn't help with our humanity. Yeah, that, thank you. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that you had me just thinking about a couple of different things. I mean, you know, one thing I'll say, you know, again, hopefully I don't have to go back to, to the corporate space, um, at least not in a tradi- traditional sense. Um, but I know that a lot of the tension that was there for me was around exactly what you're talking about. One, you know, again, you go into a workplace where how, again, as you know, right we just show up as black people, period. There's mm. that whole layer, right? Um, but then we show up also, we have, the, we have the audacity to show up, right, as uh, gifted and otherwise neurodivergent people. And that adds, you know, a whole another le- level of complexity in the expectation. The story that we tell around the job is you come here to push out widgets and you can go and do the rest of that stuff, right? elsewhere but it's like i i'm 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 actually a full human right and that means that when i come here i might be able to focus a majority of my thoughts or whatever right my actions on this thing but that i, I can't squeeze out the rest and if I, if i try to it's going to have negative impacts and you don't actually want that if you want me to be operating at my full level yeah, you don't, you know, there's a difference between do you want somebody, whatever, on the phone with their kids all day, right? Like, that's that's an extreme, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, do you want 
to have a space where if something comes up with someone's kid, that they're not stressing about how it's going to look if they've got to go to the school to to deal with something or if they've got to go take care of them, right? Um, or if there is something going on with them at school that, you know, maybe doesn't call for them to go that day. But again, like, you know, I go home, my child has autism and my um, interactions with them, my relationship with them impacts my psyche. And again, there's no way to completely disentangle that from myself. And I'm bringing that to work. Oh, well, there's support for me to be able to to navigate around that, right? Like that's going to help me now. I feel much more safe at work. I feel much more empowered at work. I'm going to do a number of great things. I'm, my, the retention is going to be higher, particularly in those kinds of environments. Like where yeah. else am I going to find this? And I, I'll, I'll say, you know, the last place that I did work, um, you know, there were some challenges, you know, not necessarily trying to get to all that, but I'll just say that there, one of the things I will say is that, you know, kind of just going to, there was a lot of flexibility around how we work. So if you mm-hmm. did need to take the afternoon to go do something for your kid or whatever, like, sure, like, that's fine. Like nobody, uh, unless whatever, there was like a big meeting or whatever that, you know, was just that day. I don't know, whatever. Right. But, but generally speaking, if you needed to say, I'm not starting work until 10 because I take my kids to work and then whatever, yeah. whatever. Okay. Fine. Right. Just get the job done. And if you need something, let, let folks know. And, and that's kind of it. But um, a lot of cultures, a lot of work cultures, again, going back to the kind of the collective story of capitalism, right. Is, is Call it what it is. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Is, is something very, very different and very unhealthy and so i love that you know life guides is kind of trying to disrupt that that narrative and disrupt that pattern for folks um because the reality is right as long as we live in a capitalistic society like we've got to find ways to navigate it um and this sounds like a great opportunity for folks to do that with and particularly i'll just say you know, I, I like that you said it was more accessible than a therapist because there are some people, as soon as you say therapist, right, like cross it off the list, right? But yeah. if you have oh, somebody yeah. that you, you know, right, you have somebody that you could talk to and it's like, oh, okay. And they're more than just, you know, some guy off the street. Okay. Let me see what this is about. Right. So yeah, man, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. I, I think, were, were you going to say something else about that? I, 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 yeah, I was just going to yeah, say, yeah. I was just going to add that it's also destigmatizing support. Mm-hmm. And we've got to destigmatize it. We are, mm-hmm. we are running on medieval, and I know I just talked about religion earlier, so it's kind of <laughs> knocking my, my previous thought. I'm going to call it what it is before anybody else does. But we are running on medieval dogma. We are mm-hmm. running on a hundred year old process. We are running on terms and language that is typically created by the people who benefit the most from creating Mm -hmm. that language. And Mm -hmm. so right now we have to, to change what, when, when, like you said, when when people hear therapists, they're like, Ooh, even sometimes when I talk to people and and they ask what I do. And I say, I typically tell them everyone the same thing. It matters on the day. And then they're like, (laughs) well, well, what do you mean? Uh And then I, and then when I get to one, when they usually pick a day and then if they pick a day and that day is the day I do therapy and I say, Oh, I'm a therapist. They start to get kind of, and I'm like, listen, I do not want to work when I'm off the clock. So I'm not going to 
I, I can call everything. <laughs> don't, I'm not going to therapize you. I'm not right. going to, um, I'm not going to, you know, diagnose you or anything like that, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I can still care for you and hold a space for you if that's what you need in the moment. And when, when I say it to people, they say, oh, that makes me feel like there's no stigma around me. Like there's mm-hmm. no, there's no, oh, I'm talking to someone. I need help. So therefore I'm broken. Newsflash, everybody. We're all broken. We're human beings. <laughs> it kind of comes with the territory. So find your, you know, find what puts you together. Okay. You officially, I've got to add, I've got you here. I got to ask you this because this is a really interesting thing because not only do you, you know, I, people have told me, I mean, I talk about it, but people have particularly in the last few months have told me that I've got this, I would say this empathy gift, right? And it can be hard sometimes because you show up in places and sometimes you even ask like, kind of, can you give me some insight into what's going on? And you're like, now, if I tell you kind of like what I'm seeing, are you going to shoot the messenger here? Because I've had, you know, <laughs> right. Like, and I don't, I don't want that. I'm trying to, you asked me, I'm trying to help you. Right. So I guess my question is particularly, like I said, not only do you have that, but you have the training. How do you navigate that where you're, you know, in these relationships with people? And again, relationships not necessarily being romantic but just like I said friendships whatever you know mm-hmm, family mm-hmm. members whatever it is and they're looking for or they're saying that they want help right they want insight into what's why is the world basically right so messed up why can't how do you navigate those conversations while you know to make them feel safe but also kind of still giving them something meaningful that's not just um kind of placating their story, I guess is my way, way of saying yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, this is a wonderful question. And it's there's so many layers to it. I want to kind of do a quick overview of the layers that I'm seeing immediately. Mm-hmm. One of them is assessment. And I know that's more clinical to say assessment. But when mm-hmm. I say assessment, I mean, ask questions. Mm-hmm. Are you looking for advice? Are you looking for a you know, a, a, a kind of curated critique or are you looking to just be heard? You know, kind of, and that, that's, mm-hmm. an, that's an assessment in itself. Seeing is mm-hmm. this person in a place where they can receive what I'm going to tell them? Cause it might, mm-hmm. it might ruffle some feathers if, mm-hmm. if I tell mm-hmm. you what's, what's, mm-hmm. what's going on and then mm-hmm. believing them. Meaning if someone is saying, Oh, I just want to, you know, I just want to be heard. And you, Sometimes there's that healer that's like, man, I got to tell you, if I don't tell you this, you're going to, you're going to fall off the edge. Right. But it's okay. It's okay to let people go on their own journey. It's okay Mm -hmm. uh, to only offer when you've been asked to offer it. So that's one Mm -hmm. part of the layer. Another part of the layer, other than assessment is, is, um, this is like assessment B, is understanding their worldview. We talked about Mm. how everyone sees the world. And we mm-hmm. did this wonderful test. I'm so sorry, I can't remember the name of it. But if you look up Worldview Psych Test, it's, it's available free. I believe it was at UPenn, I think. And it was an eye-opener into how everyone in my family has a different worldview. Mm. You know, someone sees the world as, as uh, scary and unsafe. Others see it as it's a fun, sunny day. You know, Everyone sees things differently. And we mm-hmm. have to adjust to where people are. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Without losing yourself. The mm-hmm. third piece mm-hmm. is 
understanding your individual capacity. Because as an mm. empath, as someone who is highly sensitive, I've been in situations where I'm just like, everybody can get love and space and time. And then I'm like, Blah. I was going to um, say, say, yep, 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 exactly, 100%. Blah. Yep. Oh, my gosh. And it's not because, you know, some people look at the superficial and they're saying, oh, well, that's because you're holding people's secrets. And it's like, mm-hmm. there's actually, um, you know, studies showing that you feel better when you're holding people's secrets than when you don't. Mm. And that's an interesting study because it's talking about how if you're holding a secret, like for somebody's like uh, birthday or something like that, you feel good. You kind of feel happy. Mm-hmm. There's a boost in mood. Mm. Uh, but that's different, I believe, than you're holding someone's deep secret that is harmful, traumatic, or even that they're scared of. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when it comes to navigating it, I always encourage people, assess where they are, assess where you are, help where you can, know when to stop, know how to check your own bias and mm-hmm. um, your own perspective. Uh, because I'm I'm a victim of this all the time. That's why I'm learning to be rational. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be talking to my wife, and I'm like, like, hey, babe, that makes zero sense, you know. And then it's like, like <laughs> yeah, I'm right, being right. insensitive there because right, right. I think I know the right answer. But when I've had a, we, we do experiments with each other where we we withdraw support to see if the other one can make it. And when I say she she did this one task without my support. And I told her and she said, thank you. You know, allowing me to do it in that moment helped. She said, but also you being, talking about me, being empathetic and wanting to help me and also being vulnerable. Empathy is also sometimes about being vulnerable and dipping below the surface because I let her know why I wanted to do it. She mm-hmm. said, that that helps. So don't, that's kind of a, you know, star no, service that's... for that question. Right. No, 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 no. That's. That's really, really helpful, and I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's really it's like I said, it's just really helpful because uh, I think where, particularly the closer that the folks are to us, right, the more that we feel that love energy, the harder it is to see them on that edge, right? Um, you know, fumbling around like, you know, am I am I getting there? And you know, you're like, dude, like you're on the edge, like back up, and you're like. I, you know, sometimes they've got to kind of stick that foot out and feel like, oh, wait, there's nothing there. And like, hopefully pull themselves back where sometimes, yep. you know, they've got to figure out how to fly, you know, on their way down as it were. Right. Like that seems kind of, I mean, crude, but I mean, at the end of the day, right. Like people, like I said, people have to be allowed to, to walk their journey um, and, you know, kind of go from there. And there's even times, you know, where, um, I, you know, and I'll, I'll talk about me. I won't necessarily talk about other people, but I also um, am trying to make sure that I'm being aware of the times when someone did let me, you know, fall as it were, right? Mm-hmm. And realize that that wasn't necessarily a lack of care, right? It wasn't that they didn't care about me or that they were looking forward to me falling. Um, mm-hmm. and not hold them responsible for it, right? Um, and that is a key, you know, part of it as well, because sometimes it can feel like, wait, you, I'm down here with a broken arm and leg, and you didn't <laughs> let me, you know, it's like, you know, so, 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know if you have anything else to, to say about that, but I, I thank you for, for, for sharing that. I think that'll be helpful for folks. I hope it's helpful. And I hope one yeah. other thing to be helpful is to say, yeah. uh, ch- challenge your perspective on people, meaning some people look at other people and they'll say, what, like you said, why, why didn't you help me? I'm falling. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you do something? And then we sometimes project onto them. I needed help. I was abandoned. So I'm going to put put something on you and ch- challenge that perspective sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. we, we give other people a lot more power than I think they have. Mm. Well, y'all, we had to stop somewhere and this is where we stop for now. Well, thank you for joining us for part one of this conversation. As you can see, Dave and I had an amazing, amazing conversation. And uh, I thought this was a good stopping point um, for that conversation to kind of make things more digestible for folks. Um, as you can see, you know, my, when I bring guests on, it's a very free-flowing conversation more than a traditional interview. And I hope that that works for you all, even for those um for those who, who that format may be more challenging, um, you know, regardless, I'm hoping that everyone's looking forward to part two. I know I'm looking forward to sharing it. You know, we start further discussing, you know, what it means to understand how we think, um, you know, how life comes with inherent risk and all things. And so how do we choose our happiness? We talk a little bit about the patriarchy and the privilege that men are afforded, even as black men and, and so much more. Right. So, um, again, hope you enjoy part one. Thank you for joining us, and please uh, look out for part two. It'll be coming up pretty quickly. All right? Thanks. Thank you for joining me for another episode of I Must Be Bugged. I hope you've learned something, became curious, and most importantly, felt affirmed by what you heard. Remember, this podcast is all about sharing compassionate narratives about who we are and how we contribute to the beautiful and necessary diversity of humanity. This is our place to unmask and just be. Don't forget to connect with me on IG at I Must Be Bugging, where I'm eager to see you share your thoughts, your experiences, and your stories. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. Leave a review and subscribe. It helps others who are eager for community find our people. So thank you again for being a part of the I Must Be Bugging community. I can't wait for the next episode. Until then, stay up and enjoy who you were meant to be. And remember, you're not bugging, you're brilliant.